So the topic of eating disorders and OCD has, of course, been discussed on this podcast before. If you listen back to my previous episodes, you'll know exactly what I mean. But I wanted to bring on someone here today who's spoken out very publicly about the matter, especially on a national st- national scale, I, I suppose you could say, having had an article in the Irish Examiner uh, a few months back. So I'm delighted to welcome mental health advocate Emma's O'Sullivan to the show. So Emma, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Of course. So I touched on it already. So I think that's, yes. well, the best way to start, I suppose, is to introduce yourself to us. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, my name is Emma, I suppose. And I would, I would definitely, um, kind of refer to myself as an advocate at the moment. Um, I'm really just trying to, to educate people, I suppose, um, and, and give people that voice that, I never I never really had or I never thought I could have in um during my mental health journey um and going through all that I've been going through um especially in the public mental health system um as you touched on I struggled with anorexia um and I, I still do struggle with um OCD and you know you kind of get a, a diagnosis thinking okay this is going to be be good because you can really start kind of solving it now you know um and I found a lot of problems in in the mental health system because when you finally ask for help you're kind of left out in the cold a lot of the time like there's a very kind of minimal level of health um and there's a lot of there's a lot of um help I suppose that's being that's said that's out there but you know, the service users in the mental health system, we kind of really know ourselves, like the facts of what's going on. It's like nearly, it's nearly lifting the curtain, I suppose, a little bit in showing the facade that is, that is really happening. Um, you know, I, I was listening to the budget over, over the last couple of days and the figures that are being put out there, um, that are being put into mental health initially you're like oh my god this is this is good you hear like figures of millions you know but when you actually really go into it and look at it and and break it down of what it's being used for um it's not being used for the right things and it's not being used in, in an efficient way um so yeah i suppose a lot of information but definitely something that I'm really passionate about and um, just trying to help people yeah yeah I think I want to go back on touching the budget there because that's very very interesting so yes. those people who do not listen in Ireland uh, every year around this time of year late September early October the government release uh, the budget for the, the next year so they release the budget for 2023 so the WHO is the World Health Organization they recommend all governments that there should be a minimum of 10% um, of health funding gone into the mental health system. Yes. And this year, uh, and the government have sworn in the past to uphold to that standard. And they, of course, have not been upholding to that standard. Uh, And I've been sharing this on my social media over the past few weeks, so people will know my stance on this matter. And will know if they've been following my story that this year they only put 5.1%. 
So yes. just barely over half of the recommended amount yes. going into the mental health system. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually, um, you know, I, I've I've listened to the Minister for Mental Health put out this figure like it's it's going to change everything. And, you know, I think it was the last couple of years was... 5.6 and it's actually lowered as you said down to 5.1 percent that that is being used um and the minister brought up that in the last three years well well she has been in office that this is the you know it's been a leading role and the, the most amount of money spent in mental health and and where are we getting from this like we're getting kids turning up to cams being um over medicated and you know people turning up to a and e and being turned away and suicides and um the people not being listened to you know so it's um it's just a massive a massive problem but i think the only way to tackle it is to come back to the ground level and just try as a community to you know talk to your tds talk to the people in your mental health system in your local community and and try and make small differences because um yeah it's it's hard to reach the top sometimes yeah a hundred percent and emma you're all about you know educating people you said this at the beginning that yeah um and i think all people who are in the mental health industry and our advocates want to say the same thing that above everything else we want to educate other people about mental health and yes. what that is. so I suppose I'm going to put two I, I am going to put I'm not supposing I'm going to put I am going <laughs> to put two resources in the description box below so the first thing is going to be Emma's article in the Irish Examiner uh, which I'm going to come back to in a second and the second yeah. thing is I've spoken about it before and I will never stay quiet about it is the documentary films by the Irish documentary uh, maker called Alan I'm forgetting his surname but he has made an incredible um, documentary about three men in Ireland who has gone through the mental health system and uh, all who suffered with eating disorders and yes. their incredible documentary Unspoken so that is also in the description box below for people to check that out Amazing. Because, yeah we are we are going to be discussing I suppose your eating disorder Emma in a way because yeah. you came up very publicly on the Irish Examiner about this issue so I want to ask yes. without going into too much detail about the article because people can read it below what yeah. made you want to go this public with it and how did you go about that yeah well I tell you I I've been through a lot of um private suffering before the the article came out publicly and to the point that I had been to you know the mental health A&E um and just being turned away, you know, and really, really suffering to the point of nearly losing my life um, to the mental health struggles I've been going through and just not getting, getting literally any help. And, you know, I was saying a while ago when I finally admitted I needed help, um, I was faced with, okay, there's no programs for really healing from OCD. Um, or the only other option is is going private, which would have to be self-funded because the insurance companies don't um they don't cover pre-existing conditions, which most mental health conditions are pre-existing. Um so so yeah, um my eating disorder has been 
a pretty big role in my life since I was 15, 16, even younger. Um, I was hospitalized for about six months at one point because going through the CAM system, um, I guess I was left to get really so sick and I was quite neglected by them that um, I got quite seriously ill. But, you know, since then, I suppose what I would want to say is eating disorders, you know, they can mask themselves in, in many different ways. And for me, it was control. And then that control turned into OCD, you know? So I explain in a way where like anorexia and eating disorders can wear a lot of different coats and morph into different things. And it's it's morphed into OCD, unfortunately, which has um, a lot of different misconceptions and and stigma around it but um but yeah it's been a very complicated journey yeah I can imagine and I've discussed OCD before um on this podcast and we kind of stripped down I suppose what OCD was especially in the media because it's I suppose seen in one way in the media but it really yes. is something else um you know which is so impo- which is so important to be you know educated about but can I ask you about why you think more people, I suppose, don't talk about this issue, why we find it yeah. so hard? Um, for me at the start, it was really shame. Like I was really, really embarrassed of firstly the symptoms that my specific OCD like that I have. Um, you know, like you hear a lot of times people saying oh I'm so OCD like I just I want my pens in a row or you know I like my room in a certain way and I think there is a spectrum of OCD and you know like there you you can have a little bit of it that you know you get stressed out if your room is in a certain way but I think um the diagnosis really comes into play when it's affecting your everyday life like in a really serious way and I get coming back to your question it was definitely shame that I didn't really open up and I think that really serious OCD sufferers aren't opening up because the the physical symptoms can be quite um embarrassing to admit like the for me it would be um you know very intrusive images and you know we talk about mental health but I I've learned over the last couple of months you know your mind and your body are so connected and you know my OCD I get a lot of physical sensations that then trigger my OCD even even more and that turn into you know really bad health anxiety um so I think basically it's shame you know you don't want your friends your family to see your cleaning routines to see you obsessively body checking you know kind of ruminating pacing back and forth um you know I think if you saw me and just you know around the place like you really wouldn't think you know that I'm I'm going through this kind of um this kind of stuff and I I think that's why sufferers don't come out is because it's it's quite um intense and they don't think people are going to understand you think you're alone and you think you're just isolated in a in a wheel of torture but um it's untrue and I still have days where I I feel you know I'm alone and it it just has to be me but um 
no, there's a, there's a lot of other people hiding, hiding in the darkness. I think when, when you know, you should just come out and come into the light because it's it's still really it's torturous. It's a torturous thing to go through. Like I think it's one of the most debilitating illnesses to have. But there are other people out there. Yeah. Where would you for people listening that might relate to some of the things that you're saying? Where would you suggest they go to help to get help or who do you suggest that they talk to? Yeah, so that is a that is a big question because I'm still trying to figure it out, honestly. And this is um I would say eight, nine months into my my journey with really severe OCD that I I can't find help, you know. Um there is uh OCD Ireland which is um I I suppose it's a a therapy based place that you can you can go to again that's waiting lists um there is an OCD program in in St Patrick's um but that really in Ireland there's there's very little really with OCD and I'm trying to find that for myself. So I guess I'm in the middle of that journey too. Okay, well, I definitely will put the resources um, that you've mentioned in the description box below so people can go and and check them out as well. I'm going to also link body-wise so people can read uh, a little bit more about that. But I suppose, Emma, I'm intrigued to ask. I love this question when I ask people and I'm intrigued to ask you this. What is something you would say to your 16-year-old self if you saw her today? Oh wow. Um uh it's it's a it's definitely a hard question because in a way I I never thought I could progress so much in terms of my anorexia. Like looking back to my 16-year-old self, I was in even in a restaurant the other day and I, I said to my boyfriend, like, I didn't think I could enjoy food anymore. Like I thought my life was over in that kind of way. Um, but then in, in the other hand, I, I feel sad because I really did think my life would be in, in a different place than it is now with my mental health. So it's definitely like a, a two sided, a two sided thing. Um, I think I'd be I would. I would be proud of myself because I found this journey and this path. Um, so, yeah. I, I think it would be very, very mixed reaction. Yeah. I think that's lovely that you would be proud of yourself. I think we can all be proud of ourselves um, a little bit when we look back on our past and say, oh, we've grown. But yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm proud of you. Like definitely oh, on the journey you. you've been on. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Emma, can I ask, what is a quote you live by and why? Yeah, so um, I was I was thinking about this and... I'm I'm definitely a big Harry Potter nerd Um, it's definitely it's a, like a comfort movie for me and I love the quote that um, Albus Dumbledore says you know when he says light can be found even in the darkest of places if one only chooses to turn on the light Um, and I think that's such a beautiful quote and it's it's so true it's it's a hard one to accept sometimes that you can you can sometimes 
choose to turn that light on or, or, or go towards it a little bit. Um, and I suppose the quote changes daily and it can morph into something else. But but I think that's a good one. I think that's beautiful. I love Harry Potter as well. So I was so excited when you said Harry yeah. Potter. So I, was like, oh, <laughs> I love it too. I even quoted it today to a friend. Um, she was really? But I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're walking down the street. I was like, oh my goodness. This is a Harry Potter moment. Um, I so love yeah, it. That's made, <laughs> that's made my day now that that's all come full circle. <laughs> Um, and Emma, I suppose the final questions I have question I have for you today is what is one thing you would like people to take away from our conversation here today and why? Um, I guess I would like people to take away that we all deserve um, a certain level of quality of care and and that you're not less than a medical profession professional. Um, you're not a lesser person than a doctor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, you know, anyone with a title or a label. Um, we all have a voice and we're entitled to our opinion. If your opinion is different than someone else's about your care, then that's OK. Um, and if people don't like it, then th that's OK, too. But you need to know and you need to advocate for yourself. And if you don't have someone, if you don't feel you can advocate for yourself, um, find someone who can speak for you because, yeah, having a voice in your own care is important. I think that's so wonderfully said. Thank you so much, Emma. And again, all of the things that we've talked about over this, uh, it, through this interview, uh, are in the description box below. So, Emma, thank you so much for coming on here today. Thank you for having me on. Of course. So if you head over to my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast, you'll see last week I posted that I went to the release gig of the Corona's brand new album. And if you don't know who the Corona's are, then you should and you will in just a moment. I'm going to play a brand new song from their uh, brand new album called Time Stopped. And I went to this gig with my podcast um, and it was just an incredible opportunity. If anyone ever has the opportunity to go see these guys live, take it. Because they're such an incredible presence on stage. Their music is just amazing. And they'll get you up and dancing. And the lads are just so, so nice. Uh, there's no other way I can describe it. I was just blown away by the performance. I knew they'd be good, but then... When I was there, standing amongst everybody, dancing, singing along, I just realised how good they were. So I'm going to play a song called At Least We'll Always Have LA by their new album called Time Stopped. So I hope you enjoy it. I remember listening to the song for the first time and just loving it instantly. So here we go. I'm going to play a song by The Coronas, an Irish band, At Least We'll Always Have LA. <laughs> So let's not try too hard That's enough of that Still so sore We can set our alarms But there's nothing much to get up for We could take your car To the reservoir just to breathe
interview i'm sure a few of you are wondering how people can afford to pay for recovery it's not something we often think about when we talk about mental health but it is a massive issue these things are extremely expensive um it's not like going to your local gp and getting your paracetamol or whatever you actually need long-term treatment and long-term help so What I'm kindly asking everyone to do is I've put Emma's GoFundMe in the description box below and behalf on myself and on Emma, we would both greatly appreciate if you go to her GoFundMe and just check it out um, because every penny helps. It's to support Emma's recovery and help break the stigma and the money supports Emma in her recovery and as well it's to help with her day to day. You heard her story from Emma herself. There's no better way for me 
to to describe it have a look check it out and if you can in any way help i know her she would massively appreciate it so do try and go and go and see if you can support her another thing as well before i let you all go is that the incredible documentary unspoken which was on rte nearly a year ago now which is absolutely incredible is up for a award for a mental health uh, documentary award so i have posted the link on my instagram i've also put the link in the description box below for you to go and vote for the film so it's called unspoken remember to put in the name of that film and vote because this film even a year on is still making impact and still will make an impact so that's it if you can go check out the fund me go check out the voting it's all in the description box below uh, myself and everyone involved would be very 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 appreciative of you so thank you as always a massive thank you to the musician Hannah Kinsella for the beautiful intro and exit music on all my episodes you can find her on Instagram and on YouTube at Busky Bops. That's all for this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure to share this episode if you've enjoyed it and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Welcome one and all to season three, episode six of Talk About a Podcast. It is wonderful to be back. I would like to apologize for the delay in the release of this episode. Unfortunately, I'm not in my usual studio setup. So technology wise, it's not ideal. But we roll with the punches and hopefully I'll be in a studio setup very, very soon. So I'm going to hop right into this week's amazing guest, Emma O'Sullivan. You can give her a follow on Instagram at changewithemma because she's an incredible woman. And her story is just something that I think everyone should hear. I've popped in the description box below an article that was in the Irish Examiner uh, more about her story if you wish to go check that out. So we're going to hop right into it because this is a story that I think everyone needs to hear. A big thank you to Emma for her strength and her honesty in coming on here to talk about her story because this is what this podcast is all about talking about it.